podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Sports for Dummies podcast, series two. We are on the final episode of the series. We are very excited, aren't we, Lewis? We are indeed, Hope. What an absolutely mental series it's been. But flipping egg, 10 episodes already. That is it's crazy. <laughs> it just flies by. That means all in all, we've done 20 episodes. That is insane. That is genuinely insane. Think about think about how far we've come from then and all the topics, every single story we've covered, all the different discussions we've had. That is absolutely mental. Absolutely and mental. I know. And we are going to do a little bit of reflecting later on. And it was hard for us to remember, actually, what our favourite stories were because there's been so many and time has just flown by. On that note as well, listening at home, tell us your favourite story of the series or something that Lewis has taught you or I've taught you over this time. You can email us sportsdummiespodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials Sports Dummies Podcast. Yes, please let us know your favourite story of the series or anything maybe that we missed over the last kind of 10 weeks or any, any stories that kind of went under the radar and stuff. Of course, on Sports Dummies, we try and cover all sports bases, both major sporting stories and niche stories too. But if you know of anything that we missed, please do get in contact with us or any sports that we could talk about next time, which will be in 2022, which is weird to say. Please do let us know. And that'll be when you're back from Jamaica. That is right. I'll be back from Jamaica. I won't have a tan, but I I would have had a great time. (laughs) When are you going? I leave on January the 1st. Oh my goodness. How exciting. Come on. Yes, I'm buzzing hope. I was scared, obviously, because there was all that commotion of it looked like you possibly couldn't travel and the whole step two nonsense. And now nothing's been announced. And it looks like we're having a clear New Year's Eve. So even if Bojo does announce something on January the 1st, I won't be here. So I don't care. So... (laughs) And how was your Christmas as well, Lewis? It was absolutely lovely, thank you. A bit weird, because normally we celebrate with my family on Christmas Day, but because I'm going away, we kind of had to isolate, so I saw my family on uh, Christmas Eve. That was really nice, thank you. It was really nice seeing my grandparents. How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was good, you know. We went to my sister's, and I had my both my nans there. Oh, yeah? Um, went in the hot tub. Nice. Yeah, bottle of champagne, or Prosecco, not champagne. And I've got some great presents. I've got some new straighteners, some GHDs. Oh, brilliant. G8, yeah. what, does that, what does that mean? Don't know. Great hair day, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but that, if it's not that, they're missing a trick. They're, that is disappointment. It's two for one there, literally. Two for one right there. Two for one. So yeah, I've got them. So I'm feeling very happy and I'm 25 in a few days. So wow. When's your birthday? on 2022, the 4th of Jan. Well, everyone listening, please wish happy, Hope a happy birthday for the 4th of January 2022. Hope, happy birthday for everyone listening and for myself for the 4th of January. Thank you for all the editing you do and all the time you put into this podcast and bring on next year. Legend, Lewis. Same to you. There wouldn't be a podcast about Lewis because, as you know, I'm the dummy. It would just be me going, what? And that would be the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But on that note, Lewis, he had his finger out about to say something. I did know some football things yesterday because I watched Newcastle versus Manchester United and Manchester United still not gelling are they no we said that hope whenever we last spoke about Man United which wasn't that recently that was a good couple of weeks ago oh that was when their manager got sacked that was when Solskjaer got sacked still problems clear those problems haven't been solved I think actually hope it's very evident now it's not the manager it's the players the players have a clear lack of drive the whole you know Neville coming out afterwards and saying about Ronaldo and Bruno running off not clapping the fans there's lots of issues in that squad um and it's just funny. I think it's actually, it's at the point now where it's just amusing because it's like all these Man United fans were saying, oh, it's the manager, it's Solskjaer, da, 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 da. Actually, it's that their squad has, as we said, we, we use the cheese analogy, we use the whatever. We, <laughs> Some we used... really bad analogies we used. <laughs> yes. Terrible analogies. 
it is that. It's exactly that. That actually they have issues all over the pitch and that they need to be solved. And unfortunately, that won't happen in January. I think Ranić, their manager, just has to pluck as many of them as he can, try and put in as many corks in the cheese as he can until the end of the season. And then, then he needs to buy some new cheese because it's turning really mouldy. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't um, he say that he doesn't like the attitude of his team at the moment? Yes. So, but that's the thing. So the whole kind of Bruno Ronaldo running off, being difficult about things. Um, that's that's kind of it in summary. You know, it's that their players. I don't know. I I, I think there's a number of factors within there, with like that are causing this issue. There's not one clear issue. But I think as we spoke about when Solskjaer got sacked, that United have had problems for years. It hasn't. This hasn't been a short term thing. This hasn't happened say overnight in the summer. They've had they've had holes and problems. They haven't solved and fixed. For a number of years, and unfortunately, it's built up to this point now where it's like they can't even beat a Newcastle side who, in reality, can barely even can barely even play a starting eleven because half of their squad are injured or have COVID. Who was the guy who scored yesterday with the headband and the floppy? Yeah, Alan, Alan St. Maximan. He's cool. He is flipping cool. Hope he is one of the probably he's my favourite footballer in the UK. And in terms of the Premier League, I would say he's the most underrated footballer. His skills. Oh my diddly days. That man's footwork is unbelievable. There's a there's a gif of him doing, you know, wearing his like Louis Vuitton Gucci headband, doing all his skills. Yeah, yeah. Legend. Absolute legend. And he's such a nice guy too. The the good the thing about him, Hope, I really admire and, and like about him is that actually he has the talent and the ability to play in a much better side than Newcastle. And actually he's fallen in love with the city um, and he wants to stay there, which is brilliant. Is he someone you would like to see Klopp by? Ad, uh, in a heartbeat. He's like for me, he has everything that Klopp, that Klopp basically wants. He's got pace. He's got great skills. His shooting is okay, but he he commands. Well, it, was, it was good yesterday. Oh, you know, you know, he's, he was good. It's not, it's not, it's not bad. He's he not said so, okay. Yeah, but he's not a mo. <laughs> he's not a mo or a man, eh? But he's good. All right, all right. But I think under the right manager, he would be absolutely lethal. Like his, oh, his footwork is stupid. The way that he kind of dribbles with such ease and flair. It's just casual. He just does it casually. He's like step over, step over. One person to check out Hope while we're listening. Anyone listening now that wants to make a note of this? Yeah, that wants to watch any legends. Type in Adele Tarapt. He was a player for QPR about six, seven years ago. One of the best skillers I've ever seen in the Premier League in my life. His footwork and ability when he played for QPR at one point, debatably, not one of the best players in the world, but could have been the best Premier League player at one point playing for QPR. He was absolutely sublime big things yeah big, big things but oh sorry one no, no, last one other thing go. about manchester united my mum told me something yesterday and i was like gulp smacked and actually felt like oh what a, what a modern man did you know ronaldo um went through a surrogate for some of his kids did he no i didn't know yeah. that yeah yeah, oh, wow. he had one child who he had full custody of and he never disclosed information about the mother. And then he went on to have, I think, two more babies with a surrogate. And then he had a girlfriend. But he he done it himself. Wow. There's quite a lot of controversy around uh, Ronaldo Hope that we don't have to talk about now, but there's a lot that people discuss in terms of him and partners. So I didn't know that story. All I knew, The only news, unfortunately, I've ever heard about Ronaldo is him cheating on people and having affairs. So that isn't very nice. Um well, on the positive, he also donates bone marrow and blood. He does. and But the, you shouldn't cheat. No. But the amount of money he gives away to charity and the amount that he's involved with back in Portugal as well is fantastic. He's a great, great human being, a great footballer. It's just a shame he's been very <laughs> average this season. <laughs> and not the wheel, apparently. 
no, he's not. Rannick is not at the wheel. Although, before any Man United fans do come for me, I am not saying he's a bad player. He is a very, very, very talented footballer. He's just not hitting the heights that he has hit before. And that's all I'm saying. Well, it sounds like he's a good player off the pitch, if you know yes, what I mean. Exactly. Story number uno, which relates to football, actually. That is about the new UK law, which relates actually to racist abuse. Tell me more. So, Pretty Patel, uh, let's forget about how people feel about... Yeah. Diff- <laughs> I was literally about to say something and then you put... I'm glad you put your hand up and stopped me and said, let's just stop there. Yeah, let's Because I was going to go in. Yeah, let's, let's not worry let's about who said it. It's more about the actual comment than the person. Pretty Patel has actually announced that in the UK, people who officially post racist abuse could be banned from attending football games in England and in Wales for up to 10 years. So apparently the Home Secretary are looking basically to bring forward this legislation. You know, after the last couple of months, hope with lots of racism that both uh, English players and players from different nations have faced. They're currently discussing that they're going to bring in some basically some new laws, which are going to be should be brought in in early 2022. Not entirely clear when yet, but looks as if they're definitely going to be going to be um, presented forward at that point to basically ban football fans, as I've just said. Now, they're related to something called football banning orders, and that's current. They can currently be imposed for violence, disorder or racist and homophobic chanting. But what they've also now done is they've added on one extra section, which is this what we're discussing now, which is the including hate offences online. So obviously racist abuse online or homophobic comments, whatever that looks like. Um, now, as I've said, it looks as if it's going to be passed early 2022. And Boris did say back in July that the government would change the orders of the, the legislation to cover online stuff. That didn't happen in the end. That's now look, looks like it's going to happen now. But I guess the question, you know, and of course, hope you can ask the questions because it's Sports and Dummies here. But this is more of a discussion rather than, say, a, a story in the sense that we're discussing the current duration of bans at football is between three and 10 years. You can face a minimum of three and a maximum of 10. And the question I guess we need to ask in this discussion is, is 10 years long enough? Is three years too short? Is actually doing this going to be enough? Is a 10-year ban to a football game or, or enough when actually the comments are online? My two things that I've written down when you were saying that, I think, great, heading in the right direction. But why not all sports... And why not be banned forever? Now, the banned forever thing I know can be a bit of a discussion because people can change, people can be educated and people can um, amend their behaviour. However, if you're not having prison time for what you've done, then being banned forever is the best punishment if you've been racist. I feel like you can educate yourself and be a better human, absolutely. But you shouldn't be allowed to go to that game again because no one deserves to have any abuse hurled at them physical uh, so physical or verbally or online ever no. so why should you get to go and enjoy a game when you one minute love these players because they've got you a goal the next minute you're calling them every name under the sun because you're an ignorant little rude word butthole yeah no exactly how, but, uh, <laughs> that, I, it was okay was i like yeah. to butthole no that, that was good well i think i think you're right i think first things first is that i don't know why this hasn't been imposed in all sports i think the focus for football like ho- hello everything that's going on in cricket why can't it just be across the board i know i don't under, and there's, i don't understand that and unfortunately i can't explain why that's the case that's just what the government have decided i think the fact is though at least they're taking a stance that's the that's the one if and there's any positive we can take from this aside the fact that it's not all sports they have acknowledged the fact that there is racism in sport and online and that something needs to be done 
and I think you're right. I think it does need to be all sports, whether it's cricket, rugby, football, whatever. But of course, after the whole incident with the Euros and Boris coming out and saying, oh, there will be something there will be something done to this and nothing happens. Finally, they are taking a stance, which is great. But I'm completely with you. There should be something done for cricket after the entire incident with Azim and everyone else. However, it is it's very complicated. I'm with you. I think you people can change, as you said, absolutely. And I think people deserve second chances. But banning someone from a football, I don't necessarily think solves the issue because I, I don't quite understand. And something that I yeah, think good is... good point. Yeah, I think something that's more complicated is that it needs... I think for me personally, they need to do it. And this is more to do with social media and actual, you know, the actual people that own the social media stuff, not necessarily football clubs or sports clubs for that uh, for that matter. But social media should have some way of proper identification. Like, you know, you see these people on Twitter who are called, I don't know, big dog 22 and they hide behind these screens and then they make racist comments and, and homophobic abuse at people and actually that is just that's disgraceful and it's the fact that they can hide behind this screen because you know for well in real life they wouldn't be doing it or if they did well but then that's what i was going to say to you is social media really the problem because if these people have those thoughts in their heads or they're going to act hatefully they will do it anyway surely no i know yes you're giving yes you're giving them a platform to hide behind a screen but they would still clearly have those those incorrect opinions yeah no i, the I answer, agree i think the answer is education yeah i think it's education i think it is easy, there's no denying i think it is easier than doing it sorry it's easier being you know racist or horrible to people online because you can then go and hide behind turn your laptop off and disappear obviously in person it's slightly different but equally you're right that it's not just one or the other they're both an issue the thing is there's not one solution you need different components of society to work with each other in order for it to be uh solu- not um not solutionized <laughs> for for things to change for the better you need different components of society to be working together so you need the social media companies to be on it you need the government to be on it you need the football clubs and other sporting clubs to be on it you need the schools to be on it you need all of these different factors to enable that change that change is not going to happen overnight but you need to have all of those different things in play it's like if we compare it to lockdown say for example what we said last week, if they shut down the pubs at a certain time or if they stop mixing households or stop people coming to the football games because of COVID, that is not going to stop COVID at all in terms of uh, it's not going to stop COVID from happening. It will decrease it. But if you have a whole lockdown because everyone's on board, all of those different components, then it will improve. So you need all of those different things in play for it to work. God, yeah. that was a messy metallic. I know. La, 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 analogy. But it's complicated, <laughs> isn't it? But I think you're right. I think people, there should be, I was thinking about that, and I think actually people should have harsher punishments in place, i.e. if you've racially abused a player, you should be banned for life, and that's it. And the, But this is where it gets complicated, Hope, because you have to ask the question then, are they banned from all sports? Is there, Does their name then go on a, a public register that's known by all sporting organisations and stuff? Because then it gets really complicated. And so it's like, th- there's lots of ins and outs that are more make this more complex. I just hope that with this new law in place, that actually more can be done to stop this racist abuse online. And actually that footballers, basketballers, whoever, both sports, men and women, don't face any racism or any offensive language ever again, because it simply isn't on. Hope, we're going to talk about story number two now. Well, we're actually going to kind of do story. This is kind of story two and a half. Or I should say one and a half, actually. Because um, we were going to discuss the Ashes. But of course, we haven't finished our cricket episode, which we're going to do very soon. Don't you worry, listeners. We're <laughs> we keep promising it, don't we? But yeah. We will, we will. <laughs> but um, we were going to do the Ashes, but England got absolutely hammered and lost the most embarrassingly 
sorry, in the most embarrassing fashion I've ever seen in my life. And actually, we got 68 all out, which was the lowest Ashes score since 1904. So we're not going to talk about that because that is... 1904? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How and many worst... years is that? Is that like, that's more than 100 years, no? Is a hundred and seventeen years? Um, oh, what so on earth? The best part is hope. Actually, again, as a, this is kind of story. <laughs> this is yeah. This is story one and a half because uh, the worst part is England lost with more than half of the series to play, so they still have to go and finish the series, um, which is kind of like even though they know they've lost. Yeah. So oh, that's gonna feel so bad. Yeah, so we're not going to focus on that because that is just very, very embarrassing. And we're, we're going to talk about something positive, something that's quite fun that really cheered me up after reading this crap news. I was sitting there going, Carl, there's got to be more happy stuff out there than this. And this was a story hope I found from a couple of weeks ago that's kind of resurfaced again. Very, very interesting. Um, literally is what you'd probably call the idea of football heaven. You know, so when you grow up as a kid, you might say, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be this, I want to be that. You what might did you say, used to say out of curiosity? Do you know what I'd quite, I didn't think is, I didn't have one specific thing. I, I always wanted to go into acting or kind of like presenting what we're doing now. I also loved, and I had like, not an obsession. I found the guards at like the, the Tower of London with the hats. What are they called? The big hat dudes. I found yeah. them fascinating. <laughs> I can imagine you doing that. <laughs> it's like, it's just the weirdest thing. What was yours? Um, I used to want to be a masseuse and I used really? to get my mum. Yeah. And I used to get my mum to go in my bedroom and I used to make it like a spa and I used to put music on and I used to get oil and I'd be like, lay down. Wow. And I'd give her a massage and be like, one pound, please. <laughs> oh my days. Brilliant. I and then I was, then I wanted to be a presenter when I got a bit older. But yeah, masseuse was one of them. Crikey. So you, we'd have been a masseuse and a, whatever the guards are called. Um, that'd have been funny, wouldn't it? We're talking about a man today called Shadab Iftkar. Now, Shadab is, has one of the best stories I've ever read and actually could be my favourite story of 2021. This story is fantastic. And I was sitting there reading it going, I wish this was me. Hope. Where were you when you read it? In my room here. With obviously you weren't in the toilet, were you? No, not, no, I don't read the news in the... No, 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 no. I don't read the news in the toilet. Only, only in like key places. Um, so... <laughs> So I'm going to give you some, this is more of like a, a fun story, Hope. So it's quite long, but I thought actually listeners might find this quite interesting too. So uh, Shadab actually is now officially the Fort William manager. So Fort William, to give context to people listening on Sports or Dummies, they are a really, really small football team in Scotland. And they kind of, they're seen as one of the worst clubs to be manager of because they, they basically aren't any good at all. Um, he is actually the officially the first manager of South Asian heritage in Scottish football ever. That's cool. It's absolutely wicked. But he was, again, he was really shocked. You know, he came out and said, you know, I was shocked. I'm still in shock. It's something we need to see more of in the game, obviously being football. We need to see change. I think football has to reflect society. I'm very proud to be opening the doors for others and showing that it's possible. So Shadab has an absolutely amazing story. That's fantastic too, that he's the first South Asian manager in, in Scottish football. It's a fantastic, fantastic story. So Scotland. Shadab was actually a self-confessed football manager addict so you said to me hope that i was i was rubbish at fifa or whatever you said i was crap at fifa i can't remember oh, get over it that was like two series ago <laughs> right but i hold on to things didn't know i'm joking <laughs> hold a grudge yeah now you're gonna like this hope quite a lot because you said that i would say i was committed this guy he would play football manager which is so basically what football manager is for all those listening again it's effectively fifa like the video game but you can only manage so you can't play with your team on your controller you just manage the team and you do tactics you do press conferences you can sign players sell players all that sort of stuff but it's a much more in-depth way of managing a team 
So he was addicted to that kind of from his early years, say as like a sort of early teenager up through his years. He actually said that he created a thick notebook as in a, a proper detailed notebook. Every single team he'd ever played in the game, he'd write a scout report from against the team he played. So every single game that he played, whether it was say, I don't know, yeah, whether it was a Spanish team or a German team or an Italian team, even in friendlies, he would map out all of the stuff about their club and effectively created a portfolio, if you will, of all the games that he played. He also used to miss college on certain days because he wanted to perform well or perform well with his team. So he used to miss college days, call in sick. Um, he used to say, sorry, I can't come in. I'm not feeling well and would go and manage his team. And he has a really interesting story about, about how he got into football because a lot of people often, like I have mates that are addicted to FIFA and addicted to say football manager, but wouldn't necessarily act on it. This guy has a whole different level of commitment. And at age 17, he basically produced a tactical guide of how to beat Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. So at the time, that would have been, I think he was 17, so that would have been, and he's 31 now, uh, do the maths, that was then 14 years ago. Two plus two is four, minus, minus one, one, that's three, quick maths. maths. So at late late 2000s, he basically created this port for this scout report of how to defeat Barcelona. So wrote an, a completely in-depth thing of how to defeat this team, analysed all their players, all their stats, everything. And he was fascinated at the time, this is tied in in one second, and it will come back to make sense. He was fascinated with Roberto Martinez, who was managing Wigan at the time. Now, Wigan were a bit of an underdog. They People thought they were going to do really, really badly. Actually, Roberto Martinez basically made them outperform, effectively, like a Leicester, but a much less degree. So we're expected to do really poorly. He wanted to prove that actually he had this tactical footballing mind, and he wanted to show the world that actually he basically showcased himself and say, hey, even though I've only played football manager, I want to go and showcase my skills. So he went to the Wigan training ground. He went with a CV and his letter and his tactical guide of how to beat Pep Guardiola's team. And he waited outside the club's training ground complex for hours, waited for hours and hours and hours. Eventually, Roberto Martinez came and actually took, they basically gave him a go, read this thing, said, you're brilliant, signed him up on the day to then do a scout report for their following game. And that then resulted in him working for Wigan, for, uh, working at Wigan for two years doing online scout reports. Wow. See, if you've got a dream, go for it. Now, well, this gets even cooler. He then moves to Everton with Roberto Martinez, stays there for two years. He then got a phone call to manage a club in the Mongolian Premier League. Ring, 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 ring. Exactly. And unfortunately, he was unable to keep them up. They had a really bad budget, really small budget. And actually, they were in the top flight of football, so they weren't expected to do well. Um, but actually, he went and did he did quite well for them. People were quite pleased with him. From that, he became Mongolia's assistant manager. And he then returned back to England to work as a youth coach at Accrington Stanley. This is a great story. Resume. What happens next, Lewis? This is brilliant, isn't it? I, I was it's really... Just brilliant. I love this life story. I know, it's fantastic. So, And also, it just makes you think, wow. Life really has got its things that happen that you don't expect. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to take it and run with it. That is all. Exactly. No, absolutely. I mean, this, this is the perfect story. This is a perfect way of summing up exactly about chasing your dreams and going after something that you love. So Roberto Martinez, obviously an old figure we've just discussed, then became manager of Belgium. And Martinez gave him a call and hired him to work at the Euro 2020 with Belgium, the Belgian national team, doing the scout reports for them. So he went out with Belgium. Aren't Belgium really good? They were. They lost to Italy in the quarterfinals, though. But they, they on paper, they've got an amazing team. But 
they basically are a team of superstars, but they don't play very well together. It's kind a bit of like Manu. Yeah, okay, you would take that. Take, yeah, there's not nice little analysis. A nice little yeah analysis. Take there that. you go. See, I'm getting good. See, there you see, go. You're smashing see. it. Smashing <laughs> it. Um, so in the end, after all these exciting things, this great portfolio of work that he's now got working with Roberto Martinez, Mon- being the assistant manager for the Mongolian national team, he ends up taking on this job, as I've said, at Fort William. Now, Fort William this season um, have one win in 18 games. So not very good. They've conceded 89 goals this season and their last two results have been a 12-0 loss uh, and a 10-0 loss. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, so... What? Double-figure loss? Come on now. So Behave. They're not, exactly. So they're not brilliant. But equally, he, you know, he's up for the challenge. He's ready for it. He says he's excited to take it on. And fair play to him. The fact, Hope, that he has gone from a kid sitting in his bedroom or wherever he was sitting, playing FIFA at college going to being a football scout for some of the top, you know, one of the best national teams in the world and effectively going all over the world, Mongolia, Belgium, and now coming back to the UK, doing his stuff here and then going up to Scotland. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing story and goes to show that actually you can make it by playing football manager. Um, Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exact. What's his name again? Shadab. 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 You're a ledge. Shadab, you're a legend. Something to quickly mention in here too about Football Manager is that this is important to know. So a lot of people will say, oh, you can't use video games. Video games are crap. Whatever. (laughs) Exactly. So many football clubs nowadays are using Football Manager because the amount of detail they have on their game, they literally have, you know, they have tactical analysis and they have portfolios of clubs and club statistics from all across the world. And apparently, I was reading one interesting story that was saying apparently Shadab was so keen as the as the manager in Mongolia when he was managing, I think it's I think they're called Bayanol FC in the Mongolian Premier League anyway. He used to text the co-owner at 3 a.m. about random right backs that they needed to mark in games, or they'd he'd say, We need to be careful of their possession-based play at 4 a.m. because he would stay up studying on the game because the game effectively has in like you know uploaded data and so you can just take it. So that's exactly what Shadab has done. And an absolutely incredible story to say, whatever dream you're chasing, whether it's football manager, whether it's I don't know. Wii Sports, it could be, uh, what was that game? I don't know. Any Mario Kart, any of them. Go chase your dreams. Now, rather than story number three, this week we decided to reflect on the series so far. And because it's the end of 2021, it made sense to us for us to reflect on the kind of the year of sports. So I'm going to go first with a couple of my highlights. Go. Number one. Not so long ago, we spoke about Jake Paul and Tommy Fury no longer having their fight. Yes. We then saw Jake Paul uh, knock out that other guy whose name was? Uh, Tyron Woodley. There we go. You knocked him out. Anyway, that was not the point. My point was one of my highlights this year and this series was hearing you do the impression of Tommy Fury's dad at the press conference, Lewis. <laughs> oh, Big John. Big John. <laughs> Big up, what? Big John. What a guy. What a guy. Absolute legend. I'll tell you what, shout out briefly as well to Lerone, who obviously knows Eddie Hearn, who they clearly knows um, John Fury because they're all connected. The point is anyway, shout out to Big John Fury because you're an absolute legend. And please, if you are listening, Big John, wherever you are in the world, if you want to come on the podcast, give us all your reviews of anything. Can we, you could give us a review of a sausage roll. That'd be fine. Just come on the podcast. We'd love you on, please. Right, you search up Fingy Fury, John Fury. Right, and do we need do we want any others at the same time? Are there any other ones I can because actually occasionally, I mean if you get into it, you can do a bit of Chris Eubank, but it's quite it's, it's quite challenging to do. Um I mean, <laughs> You sound more like Prince Charles. 
Oh my days. That was a low Chris blow. Eubank's got quite the sense of style, hasn't he? Very suave. Yeah, that's one word for it, yeah. Easy. Who's on Gogglebox for his son? Yeah, would you like a sweetie? No, these are smarties. A stupendous confectionery. Is he putting it on? Does he actually talk like that? No, he actually, that's how he actually speaks. He's just a very eccentric man. You know, he's just his style, very old school. Right? Right. Bang! That's what he says, bang! Well, because I'm bred to do it. Somewhere well, because I'm bred to do it. You know, like, he's quite tough, John Fury. You know, he goes, bang, punch him. You're softy. That's what he says, you're softy. Bang. <laughs> you're so good! Bang, bang, hit him, hit him. Okay, that was one highlight for me. Okay. My other highlight, I know I only meant to have one, but I couldn't not. When we spoke about Declan Rice. Yes. Rapping Rice Rice Baby. Let's kick it. Ready? Rice Rice Baby. Rice Rice Baby. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Rice is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it never stop, yo? I don't know. Turn off the lights and, and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a trump like a candle. Rush to speak to their booms. I'm killing your brain. And then like you then brought the bars with the Eminem sauce. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you described it as that. It was great. I had a great time. That was absolutely ace. You smashed that, so. Knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd, oh so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over now. <laughs> See, even with aggressive. No, even... no instrumental. Did it. Poor check you, man. You're so cool. In the words of John Fury... Bang! Right. And my, in terms of my highlights... Uh, hope... My highlights, go on. Right, I'm going to join you to do it then or not, because I won't do it if you don't. Um, got... It's like he's in the room, it's mad. <laughs> I've, got, I've got two. I'd say, for me, Hope, two of my highlights... Oh, well, the two highlights I'd go for for this one. Number one, I'd say, in terms of the actual episodes that we've done, would have to be Mr. Anthony Hoyt, who was peddling Picasso. I love that story about Movember, him doing all his fun cycle journeys, creating faces on Strava. Absolutely brilliant guy. We'll try and get him on at some point if we can. He seems like an absolutely brilliant bloke. Um, we'd love to get him on and interview him. So that was excellent. Love. And it was nice as well, because it was a great, you know, for a great cause too. That was awesome. And then the interview with Lerone, of course, and Michael Johnson, both of those massive interviews for my career. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, and I learned a lot in the process. That was very, and of very course, fun. we saw that Lerone went on to win the, the champion. The and, world... Thing. The IBO <laughs> super middleweight title. And in the wise words of John Fury, bang, that is it. He absolutely flipping smashed it. He did a good job. Well done, Lerone. Fantastic, fantastic fight. Thank you both to Lerone and MJ for coming on. Absolute legends. Love interviewing both. Both very different in terms of, you know, one was a more in-depth analysis. The other one was like a brief chat, but both were awesome. Analysis. Analysis, but both were awesome. Anyway, people, we wanted to say that was like a, a brief overview. We will come back, of course, for Series 3 better than ever. Me and so Hope excited. Oh, can't wait. Game on. So we'll have a couple of weeks off and then we'll be back. We'll let you know the date as soon as we can. But thank you so much for your support, as always. Thank you for sharing our podcast wherever you have. Really, really appreciate it. Please do let us know on any social media platforms what you've thought of this series, what you've enjoyed, maybe something that we could improve on both individually and collectively. Any oh, stories? God, don't ask for that. Bloody hell, you're asking for trouble there. I thought your podcast is rubbish and you're really boring. Any... And that hope is annoying as <laughs> she don't know nothing. That's the point. All right. Yeah. 
That bloody Lewis, he doesn't know anything about sport. He just gives his opinion. He doesn't really... Please, yeah, no hate. If we just like happy comments in our in our inbox, we love. Yeah, it tell us you love us or don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, there's no in between. Yeah. and you can leave us a review if you love us as well on Apple Podcasts because that really really helps us. And one day we might be able to make some money to move out of our parents' houses. Yeah, if you have enjoyed this series, please do let us know. Leave us a review wherever you can. And yeah, we just wanted to say as well, of course, we know the season has been quite difficult for people. Um, lots of things are going on, whether you're inside the UK or out. Lots of things are happening with COVID. It's been very, very difficult. And we'd like to let all of our listeners know that we are, of course, open. Our inboxes are open, as always, either individually, both at LP Broadcast and Hope Ellen on Instagram or at Sports or Dummies on any of our social media platforms. Please, if you need a chat, do get in touch with us. We're more than happy to talk um, and to support you while we can. It is so lovely. How do we round off this series? I think we just say, everybody for listening, thank you so much for your support as always. And yeah, hopefully when we return, we'll have actually a little bit of a sponsor. We might be able to get you some discounts, some goodies, which will be fun. Yes, that would be very good. But for now, people, peace. <laughs>